Please pray this prayer after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, as your servant, I come against all the forces of darkness and every demonic spirit that is warring against the hearts, minds, and bodies of your people. I bind them in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, every spirit of distraction, every spirit of unbelief, every carnal spirit, every demonic hindering spirit that is trying to hinder the word of God from being received by your people, I bind those unclean spirits in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. I come against every demonic spirit that is trying to hinder the word of God from being given to your people. I bind those demonic spirits in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. Satan, take your hands off of this hour in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done. Thank you for all that you're going to do. We thank you, Lord. You're the unchanging God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your work that you've begun in our midst. Thank you, Lord, for this sixth month of this 2022, the year of the Lord. The year of the Lord's favor, hallelujah, that brings restoration. God's way of restoration. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for our children's ministry. Thank you for what you're doing in our children's ministry. Thank you, Lord, as these children, they grow up in the presence of God, hearing the word of God. Lord, being in the sanctuary, we thank you, Father. Being in the meetings, oh, Lord, and Lord, coming to Sunday school and Saturday children's, Lord, meeting, Father. Thank you for all the ways in which you are feeding them and growing them. Father, I pray that you continue to bless our children's ministry and cause them, Lord, Father, to yield much fruit, Father. Cause the children to yield much fruit, Lord. Thank you, Father. And continue to expand, Father, this section of the ministry. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all that you're doing, Father, in the lives of your people. And thank you for all that you've done on Sunday. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all those who shared uh, the testimony, Father, of what you did for them on Sunday. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I pray that the hand of the Lord God Almighty continue to rest upon your people. And I pray that you will grow them all in the ways of the living God even more. That you will settle them, Father, in your ways. That their feet may be settled forever in the path of the Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, whatever you want to speak from your word, you will speak to us, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In every resistance of the enemy against the word of God from being given to your people, I bind that in Jesus' name. Take victory in Jesus' name. Let your people be taken to a deeper realm of the Holy Spirit this night. Thank you for doing this. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
Now there was a certain man of Ramathim, Zophim of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hopni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And he and her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. I want to stop right here as the Holy Spirit wants me to. Now, in this first chapter, the first verse, we see a man an Israelite man called Elkanah. Elkanah was a man and he was the husband. He was a God-fearing man and a God-fearing husband. This man had children through Penina. He married Hannah. He loved Hannah very much, but he was not able to have children with Hannah. And the Bible clearly says that God had closed Hannah's womb. So God had placed a stop on Hannah's womb and God said, not now. So Hannah was not able to conceive because the hand of the Lord had closed her womb. The door that God closes, no man can open, no doctor can open, no demon can open, no human can open. No angel can open. When God shuts something, no one can open. As we sing in the song that the Lord has given, the door that God closes, no one can open. The door that God opens, no one can close. So in Hannah's case, her womb was closed by God Almighty. Penina had many sons and daughters. So Elkanah had children. Hannah was barren. Though Hannah was barren, Elkanah loved Hannah very much. And even though Hannah was not able to bear children, Elkanah took Penina and Hannah with himself and the other children to the house of the Lord every year to go and offer sacrifices to God Almighty. Hannah was the woman of God. Even though God had closed Hannah's womb, Hannah didn't say, well, What's the point in praying? What's the point in offering? God has closed my womb. So I'm not going to the house of God. Hannah didn't say that. We see here, particularly, Penina provoked Hannah every time she went to the house of God. There is a point that the Spirit of the Lord wants to make here. So I urge you to pay close attention to what the Holy Spirit is speaking 
and would speak at this hour. Every time Hannah went to the house of God, Elkanah went to the house of God, Penina also went to the house of God with her children. On the outside, it looked like Penina had all the blessings. On the outside, it looked like the promise that God gave to those who would keep his commandments was upon Penina and not upon Hannah. She is also going to the house of God. Who is going to the house of God? Hannah's rival, Penina, is also going to the house of God. Now, Hannah has to go to the house of God. Penina is also going to the house of God. And you have Elkanah going to the house of God along with the children. Now, as they go to the house of God, something is happening. How are you supposed to go to the house of God? You're supposed to go to the house of God to seek God. How are you supposed to go to the house of God with peace? Are you supposed to go to the house of God fighting and bickering? No. But Penina's heart was not right. So because of her envy, whatever it is, even though Hannah didn't have anything, Hannah didn't have what she had. There was some demonic spirit that was moving Penina to provoke Hannah every time they went to the house of God. That means other times she was doing this, she was really making her really feel miserable. But when it's time to go to the house of God, she would really make her all the more miserable. Think about this. No matter what, Penina did to Hannah. Hannah was a woman of character. It did not stop her from going to the house of God. She was miserable on the inside. She would cry, but she would still go to the house of God. Every time she went, this woman, Penina, let's read this. Let's read this one more time so you get the the essence of what the Spirit of God is saying at this hour and why these sentences are documented in the book of all books. Verse 3, This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hopni, and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. So God's priests were there. And Elkanah is going there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina and his wife, Penina his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. So what is happening here? Every year, Hannah would go to the house of the Lord to to offer sacrifices. Elkanah would take them all. This woman was doing this for a long time, not one year, not two years. We don't know how many years Hannah put up with this. Every time she went, she would make her miserable. Other times also she was making her miserable. Verse 6 says that. But then verse 7, you see that, especially during the, these times, she would do more to provoke her, to really vex her. And because of that, Hannah would weep and did not eat, even though her husband would give double portion. She had now hard to eat because she was full of sorrow. Hannah was tormented by her rival, Penina, who was provoked by Satan, moved by Satan to provoke Hannah. Now, think about this. What would have happened to Hannah if Hannah would have said, well, Elkan, I know you love me very much. 
I know you need to have these children because you can't be without an heir. So you married Penina to have children because you know what? I'm no good. I can't give you any children because I don't know. God is mad at me and he's closed my womb. Take Penina and take her children and go to the house of the Lord. I'm not going to go there anymore. I'm not going to come with you anymore. I know you're really very loving and everything. But her torment, you're not able to stop. And I can't go to the house of the Lord like this. So I will stay home. You go. You have a good time. All of you go. You worship the Lord. I will stay home. Well, God is here with me too. By the way, what is the point of me even going? Because God has shut my womb. He's mad at me. Why should I even go? These these kinds of thoughts would have came to Hannah to haunt her, but Hannah never gave herself into those thoughts. You know what? Because her relationship with God was intact, regardless of whether she had a child or not. Whether the enemy was provoking her or not, no matter what happens, Hannah's faith was solid. It was not dependent on Penina. It was not dependent on her body. It was not dependent on her husband. It was not dependent on her joy. It was not dependent on anything. It was dependent on God. So even though as a human being, her heart was vexed and she cried and she did not eat, she did not cut off her relationship with God. She did not stop going to the house of God. Why would Penina provoke Hannah so severely, especially when she's going year after year after year to the house of God? Why? Because Satan sensed that in, in the plan of God somewhere, I don't know everything. Satan doesn't know everything. Satan says, I don't know everything, but somewhere along the line, I've heard something a little bit, some talk in heaven where a prophet is going to come. Something is going to happen to Hannah when, when she goes to the house of God. So what did Satan say? I got to stop this from happening. So what am I going to do? Provoke Hannah by entering into Penina. Go, do whatever you can. Harass who? Hannah. Every time she had to go to the house of God, make her soul vex, do whatever it takes to stop her from going to the house of God. Satan is very clever. Satan will use people to stop people from going to the house of God. Satan will make everything about themselves. It's all about me. Oh, it's all about me. Jesus is all about me. And so I'll stay home. Why are we going to the house of God to offer a sacrifice to ourselves? Why are we going to the house of God to sing all about us? Why are we going to the house of God? Is it about you or is it about God Almighty? May God speak to your hearts at this hour. Hannah had that relationship with God. Nothing, no matter what Satan tried to work through anyone, it did not stop Hannah from going to the house of God. That's why she won the battle. She won the battle. She had the victor's sword. Hannah had the victor's sword. Yes, she had a lot of tears, but she knew where to cry. We knew, she knew what to do. She knew where to take her problems to. Her husband couldn't do anything. He was able to offer her a double portion. He loved her, but was she, was he able to stop Penina from doing whatever she was doing to Hannah? No, he couldn't. Human beings can only do so much. But when human beings are not able to do What needs to be done in the heavenly realm? That's when you need that contact with the God of the heavens. 
She would have failed on the inside. She wouldn't have had that inner strength. In the midst of all this provocation, she still made it to the house of God year after year after year. How come? Where did she get that strength from? A lot of things are not written in detail in the Bible. Where did she get that strength from? How did she come to the place of that commitment? How? Because she was someone who was having conversations with God, regardless of whatever the enemy tried. Anytime the enemy tried to shut her mouth and cut off her lifeline, Hannah never let that happen. You are responsible for your spiritual growth. You are responsible to keep yourself alive. God has given you everything. See, we have oxygen everywhere, right? Wherever you are. Can you close your nose? And can you close your mouth and kill yourself? You can. If you don't breathe, you will die. If you're not able to breathe, you need to seek the medical attention you need, whatever you need in order to open the airways. If you don't do what you need to do in order to keep yourself alive, it's called suicide. Many Christians commit spiritual suicide. Because even though God is there, even though he's there to hear, even though he listens, even though he's there to answer, for them it's like, oh, right now I'm going to tantrum. I have begun tantruming. And so I will tantrum until I die. And they die spiritually. God is speaking to our hearts in this hour. Tantruming doesn't work in the presence of God, doesn't work in the kingdom of God. You close your nose and you close your mouth, you die. And you're the one who will face the consequence of that. It's important to breathe in the presence of God, where the presence of God is, where God is, where the angels of God are there, where the realm of God, where the healing of God, where everything is there. It's right above us. It's right around us. But if we don't take what God has given to us into us, we can't blame God for our spiritual death. Don't let anyone or anything stop you from receiving what God has for you. Your attitude has to be right. We don't say, well, Hannah and I provoked Hannah, so Hannah got upset, and she went and fought with her husband, and she went and fought with Penina, and she stood for justice, and she spoke like four sharp words, and it went like dagger in Penina's heart, and Penina was really mad at her, and all the children came and fought with Hannah. You don't see a story like that. Because she was a woman of God. She knew how to weep at the feet of God Almighty. Close her mouth. She knew that God is seeing everything. By the way, in this chapter, the beginning of this chapter, we see the hand of God in all of these things. The beginning of the Lord is involved. God has shut Hannah's womb. Think about this. God loved Hannah so much that he shut Hannah's womb. There's a prophecy God is speaking at this hour. When God is involved in the life of God's people, those who are faithful to God, there are some doors that God will shut because God has a greater plan. Because God has a greater plan, God will say, I'm slamming this door shut so that it will not open until my appointed time because God is doing a greater work. Where? In Hannah's life. God is doing something substantial there. God is doing something substantial there. So God says, I'm closing this door. He didn't close Penana's door. He didn't close the next door neighbor's door. They're all having babies after babies after babies after babies after babies. They all think, hey, we're doing fine. Look at us and look at our tribe and look at everybody here. And hey, we have a big troop over here. And they're Hannah all by herself there. Can't even bear a single child. What is she bearing? 
Instead of being able to bear a child, what is she bearing? She's bearing the reproach of a woman who is barren, who has the curse of God over her head. Everywhere she goes, barren. Oh, God has cursed her womb, barren. But did God really curse her? No. God was doing something good. God was doing something glorious. Because she was faithful to God, God was involved in her life. There are some doors God will close, which is the hand of God. If someone says, God never closes door, God never does this. Oh, yes, he does. In medical terms, you will call this infertility. What is it? Infertility. And you call it a diagnosis. So you can't say, well, God will not give any of these things. God does. That's where people who teach prosperity or the word of faith, they go wrong. God does. God does. When God has a plan out of his love, out of his sovereign plan, out of his glorious plan, because what he wants to do needs to be accomplished because he has a big vision. We have a tiny vision. When God has a big vision and God has a big plan, he will say, you are my child because I have something far greater for you. I'm going to slam this door tight and I'm going to make you barren for some time. God made Hannah barren for a certain number of periods. Year after year after year, God allowed her to walk through the valley of tears. Why? A prophet was going to come out of her. The womb was a womb that was prepared by God, but it was closed by God. A womb that was prepared by God. A woman of God's womb that was prepared by God, but it was closed by God until a certain period where God was going to open that womb that would bear a prophet of God. Hallelujah. This is who our God is. This is who our God is. God didn't go and close anybody's womb. God never does anything randomly. When God closes something, he has a purpose. It's either the judgment of God or it's a blessing. If you're walking with God, when he closes the door for you, it's a blessing. For some time, you have to walk around with a medical diagnosis. It's a blessing because it's a glory that is going to come out of it. Let no one say that, well, God is not going to give you that. Yes, he does. Well, God is not going to make you walk around with it. Yes, he does. If he's going to bring something glorious out of it. Yes, he does. God closed the womb of Hannah. The Bible doesn't say, well, the husband said God closed the womb of Hannah. Or Hannah said God closed her womb. No, the Bible says God closed Hannah's womb. What is the meaning of that? God gave Hannah infertility. That's what it is. God gave it to her. God gave it to her. Because a prophet was going to come. He closed Hannah's womb. Not permanently. Temporarily. God closed Hannah's womb temporarily. There was something that came to her. To a woman of God. Who said no matter what happens. Even if I have to carry this reproach. I will go with this reproach to the house of God. While the enemy reproaches me, I'll take these reproaches, but I will go to the house of God. How many of you have that character? To let the spirit of God work in you, in spite of whatever the enemy may try. If Satan wants to keep you from your blessing, if Satan wants to rob you from your blessing, the first thing he'll do is cut you off of your lifeline, which is going to the house of God. Hannah was blessed where? In the house of God. Through whom? Through the priest that God had placed. Where he gave that anointing. When that man of God spoke, it would produce life into that womb. What is Satan trying to do in the lives of many people? 
when it's the real work of God that is taking place, that's when. Ego, she go, he go, all those will come. Oh, I don't want this. They said this. I don't want to go see them. Oh, I don't want to do this. And you know what? They hurt my feelings. And what are you going to do? Pull yourself away from the lifeline and cause spiritual suicide? God is speaking to your heart at this hour. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you do the right thing. The Lord God who sees you will answer you if you do the right thing. Penina shouldn't stop you from going to the house of God. Penina's children shouldn't stop you from going to the house of God. Elkanah shouldn't stop you from going to the house of God. No one should stop you from going to the house of God. No matter what the enemy tries to do, no matter how the enemy may speak, through Penina and through her own mind. Now, Penina on one hand saying that, look at you, you barren woman, you can't even, you know, bear any child to your husband. And look at you, look at me. I'm useful. Look at you, useless. Look at you, you can't even do anything. Look at you, I have children. Oh, poor pathetic woman who is all by yourself. Satan can say all these things through someone. And then what? After a person hears that, Satan will try to play with the mind. Look at that. Look what they're saying. And yes, oh, poor me. And, you know, I have nobody. And yeah, what she's saying is right. You know, my womb is not, you know, open. And oh, yes, God has closed it. And, and then go and say, Lord, why me? Why do I have to go through this? Is she better than me? What sin did I do? Are you hearing me? I prayed like this for 10 years and nothing happened. And I don't think you even existed. Maybe whatever story they said about Egypt and whatever story they said about Abraham, maybe all the things are lies and I don't know. I have no faith and so I'm not going to pray anymore. There are a lot of people who have left the faith because the enemy used someone in their lives. You know how many people have left churches where God is working? Because Satan knew somebody who came to the church to say something. This person said it, so I'm not going to the church anymore. That's how weak you are? Oh, that person said this, so I'm not going to church anymore. That's how weak you are? That's how much you have on the inside? No character? Because someone said something, you will leave the place that God gave you. Did God bring you there? If God brought you to a place, did God tell you to leave? Well, only Satan will tell you to leave at that point. If God brought you there, God will keep you there if it's his house. Elkanah went every year faithfully. He was a man of God. But he couldn't give that child to Hannah. He had no power to open her womb. Hannah went faithfully to the house of God, even though the rival tortured her, tormented her. She wept and did not eat. However, she went to the house of God. God is speaking to her to this hour. Don't let anything stop you from your lifeline. Don't let anyone say whatever they can say. And have Satan speak whatever he wants to speak through them and through yourself. To pull the plug, you'll commit spiritual suicide. Well, you'll face your God, and you'll face the enemy after that. And the enemy will claim, claim ownership to your soul. Anytime you step outside the will of God, Satan has ownership to your soul, remember. This is a prophetic word God is speaking at this hour. Understand. Understand. Understand this. 
This is very deep and it's very important. You need to understand this. Hannah did not let anything move her. Hannah was a woman of God who knew how to close her mouth. She closed her mouth with Penina and she wept. She cried because of all the provocation. And she didn't eat. Whatever was given to her, she didn't eat because of all that had happened. But something happened differently in verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better than better to you than ten sons? Now, Hannah's husband is coming and talking to her. He's not able to stop the other woman from provoking her. He's coming and saying, Hannah, why are you crying? Why are you not eating? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? You are sad because you don't have children. Am I not enough for you? Now, we fully don't know all that had happened. How much Hannah went and told her husband what that woman did? Or she never told him? We don't know. But whatever it is, we know that as a man, Elkanah was not able to give her the child and he was not able to stop the enemy, Penina, from provoking Hannah. He was not able to do that. He couldn't give her a child. He could not stop the enemy from provoking her. So because of that, Hannah was very miserable. Elkanah is thinking that I love her. I'm giving her everything. And I'm the best husband to her. Why is she still crying? And he's somehow as a human being in human terms, trying to comfort her. This is where everything changes. When she hears her husband say, near words to comfort her, not being able to be comforted on the inside, where the grief has gotten too deep on the inside, where the woman has been stabbing her in the same place again and again and again and again. And you have someone who really loves her, not able to do anything, not able to give her the solution, standing there, trying to sum up, put a lid on top of that wound, not able to heal. Bearing that pain, she does something that she never did before. She knew that. This man talks. But his talk is not doing anything. That woman talks. It is actually doing damage. She is doing damage. His words are not healing. Only one person can do something that can alter the course of the direction which I've been given. And verse 9 says, So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but you will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. Hannah didn't come and say, well, she did something so deep. Penina. 
she hurt me, wounded me so severely. And so because of that, I'm just going to blurt something out in the presence of God and somehow move God. No. God is not moved by anything hasty. Hannah's grief was so deep on the inside during this trip now to the house of God where all these things are happening. She didn't want to eat. Everybody else ate. And after they've all done that, feasting, her heart is full of grief. And she thinks about her condition, the reproach that is there upon her life. That no one is able to remove it. It's right on top of her head like a heavy stone. Her husband tries, he can't. There's a woman there, she's trying to press her with that stone. No one is able to help her. She knows only one person who can help her, which is God Almighty. And she goes to God and she cries. And it's not like this is the first time she's crying. She's been crying out for a long time. Many years she's been going to the temple. Many years she's been provoked day and night. And when she goes to the temple, it gets a hundred times worse. But she still perseveres. But there's something happening on the inside where God's calendar comes. God's time of visitation comes. When his time of visitation comes, there's a working of God that is taking place. Because this woman was so patient. This woman was so full of faith going to the house of God. Year after year after year. She still had faith in God, even though God had closed her womb. She didn't get bitter with God. Her heart was bitter because of the bitterness of the other woman. It's not like she grew bitter. Hannah didn't grow bitter. Hannah didn't grow bitter and say, I'm not going to you know, talk to Penina. I'm not going to go to the temple with her. And if she's going, I'm not going. No, that's bitterness. She was not like that. But this bitterness that the Bible talks about here in verse 10 is the bitterness of the soul, which is, the deep burden and grief that she has, the pain. In anguish, she's lamenting in anguish. I need a way out. And she knew God alone can do this. I know this, but you know what? I need to do something more. Instead of simply saying, Lord, give me a child, give me a child, give me a child. You see that this woman is doing this and you see that, you know, I'm being, you know, burdened by this and I'm suffering and, and look at the reproach of the Lord. Give me a child. She's prayed all these things and it did not work. She comes to a place where saying, Lord, do something. And there's something that's happening inside of Hannah where the spirit of God is working and leading her to make this vow. This is a God driven vow. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're walking with God, only those who walk with God will be able to make God led vows. Vows should be led by God, not hastily making God led vows. Hannah was walking with God because she went to the house of God year after year after year, went to the house of God through the provocation, endured the provocation. God did a work when suddenly one time when she went, this time something different is happening. What was happening all the other years? It was the time of testing and molding. God kept that womb closed. Where the diagnosis of barren, diagnosis of infertility was hanging over Hannah's head. Nobody was able to lift that big weight off of her. No one. Now, this time when she goes to the house of God, because she persevered, because she endured, because she made it to the house of God, every single time, even though God didn't open her womb, 
last year, even though God didn't open the womb the previous year, even though nothing happened, she didn't get a dream, she didn't have a vision, nothing. All she's having is provocation. It's getting worse and worse and worse. When it gets worse and worse and worse, always remember that's when God is about to do something. When it really gets to a place where you can't take it anymore, that's when God will do something. But are you willing to endure? Do you have the character to endure? Do you have the character to endure? Hannah had the character to endure. In spite of the provocation, year after year after year, Hannah made it to the house of God. No matter who said what. No matter how many times she heard the word barren, 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 barren. No matter how big the diagnosis was on top of her head. And, and no matter how many children ran around and, Han, and Hannah was provoked by Penina. And she, did, she didn't have anything to hold on to as her own child. And this diagnosis was hanging over her head. And this reproach was there as if she was this big sinner who was not fit to have a child. All because God closed her womb. Even though she couldn't understand why things were happening, she had faith enough to go meet with her maker year after year after year to offer the sacrifices to God Almighty. She said, I'm going to the house of God. I'm going to the house of God. Through my tears, I'll go to the house of God. No matter what the enemy says, he cannot keep me from going to the house of God. I'm never going to say, let Penina go, I'll stay home. She never did that. Because of that, every year, even though the provocation was getting worse and worse, Hannah's faith didn't go any smaller than what she had. It became stronger and stronger. There's something that was happening on the inside. God is speaking to us at this hour. There's a prophecy God is giving at this hour. You may not see anything visible on the outside. You may see the same barrenness there. You may see the same stigma there. You may see the same diagnosis there. You may be going to the house of God. You may be saying, Lord, I'm going here. I'm going here. I'm going here. But this is still there. God says, I am building you on the inside. Even though you can't see there's something happening on the inside, it's because of my work in you, you're able to continue to go. Without God empowering, without God giving the grace to sustain and to endure oneself, to make you to the house of God in the midst of provocation, no one could endure. At the heat of this battle, where the enemy is oppressing on one side mentally, and the enemy is oppressing through Hannah on the other side verbally, Hannah was still able to go to the house of God. You call that God's empowerment upon Hannah's spirit. Her spirit was strengthened regardless of what she was facing on the outside. So every time she went to the house of God, when she said, I'm overcoming this obstacle and I'm going, every time she went to the house of God, something was happening on the inside. God was depositing, yes, her, bar- her womb was barren, but God was depositing something into the spirit of Hannah. What was he doing? He was doing something deeper, something greater, so that she can recognize the voice of God, recognize the leading of the Holy Spirit, recognize the communication from God to her, which will lead her into making the vow, which is pleasing to God, that will in turn bring the prophet into that womb that was closed so long. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. No matter what you may be facing, no matter how difficult your situation may be, Make it to the presence of God. Those who make it to the house of God, regardless of what they face, and they say, I will still be in the house of God, will receive what God has on the inner man. There'll be something that'll be taking place on the inside. And it'll prepare them to receive what God is going to do for them on the outside. Inside has to be ready before the outside can be filled. 
your inside cup has to be cleaned before God can pour his new wine into that cup. Before God can bless you with physical blessings, God will prepare you spiritually to be able to handle that spiritual blessings. God is speaking to our hearts this hour. Before God can give you something that is priceless than a treasure that God can give you, God will form you and give you that strength to be able to take that and safeguard that. Hannah was prepared by God to prepare a prophet. Write this down. Hannah was prepared by God to prepare a prophet. Hannah was prepared by God to prepare a prophet. How was she prepared by God? Through the valley of tears. How was she prepared by God? Through the provocation that came through Penina. How was she prepared by God? Through whatever attack that she was facing mentally, emotionally, whatever it was. Hannah was prepared by God. How was he prepared? Was God is just dumping all these things on her? No. God allows these challenges, but he's empowering her. Every time she looked to him, every time she cried, Hannah cried a lot, many times she cried. But every time she cried to God, something was happening on the inside. God was strengthening her. God was strengthening her. It was because of the strength of God. Every year in the midst of provocation, she was able to still go to the house of God. She was able to still go, still go, still go. But one day, when she was ready to make that vow, when she was ready for God to pour the blessing, the spirit of God moved her spirit to make that vow to God. It was not a rash vow. It was not a hasty vow. It was not a vow that she did not think about. There's something that she really thought about it. She said that if you will give me a male child, if you'll remember me, Lord, and if you will do this, that means she knew that this God hears, even though I cried to him all this time, even though I cried out for a child and never got anything. I know that there's something more that needs to be done in order for God to answer me. She came to the place of that spiritual maturity, knowing that something more needed to be done in order for her womb to be opened. Now God closed the womb of this woman of God because God was going to put into that womb a prophet that will make this nation Israel. A prophet that would anoint kings. A prophet that would judge Israel. No ordinary child, but he was a prophet. So in order for the prophet to be birthed in that womb, God had to shut that womb for a certain number of times, certain number of days, certain number of months, certain number of years. In God's calendar, he said, from this time to this time, my daughter Hannah will have this diagnosis. From this time to this time, my daughter Hannah will bear this reproach. From this time to this time, my daughter Hannah will be provoked by this woman. From this time to this time, my daughter Hannah will go through all of these things. And you know what's written next to that? I, the Lord, her God, will be with her. I will walk her through this process. To make her into a vestal, that womb to be prepared for the prophet of God. The womb was not going to bring forth any child. It was going to bring forth a prophet. In order for the womb to bear a prophet of God, that body had to be prepared according to the will of God. And so for that to happen, Hannah had to go through this. And Hannah was the woman of God. You know, it's not like I said, he, God didn't go to anybody here, you know, randomly saying that, okay, I'm deciding I'm closing your womb today. No, it happens to someone who's really walking with God. 
And many times people think, why is God doing the, all of these things to people who are walking with God? Why not? Who is he going to do it with them? He will take gold and then he'll make it into fine gold. He takes diamonds and then he works on it and he cuts it and he puts it in his ring. He's going to go get a clay. He's not going to get some rock and say, I'm going to put on my crown and let me go chisel it. No. Only the vessel that he sees fit, he puts them through the furnace. Only the vessel he sees fit, God takes them and he puts them through that period of trial. Are we willing to tell the Lord, Lord, no matter what happens to me, I'll stay faithful to you. No matter what happens to me, I'll keep my eyes on you. No matter what happens to me, God, I'm not going to stop worshiping you. No matter what happens to me, my eyes will be on you, not on the one who provokes. See, many times people lose their call. People lose the blessing of God. People lose what God has for them. You know why? Their eyes are always on, what does Fanana say? What does Fanana say? What does Fanana say? If you look at what the devil says, the devil will put on a show until he takes you to the grave. Penina is not your God. God is your God. Whatever Penina says, let Penina keep it. If you don't give attention to Penina's words, if you don't take that and let that stop you, whatever Penina says will fall right on Penina's head. It's like rocks throwing, it just falls right on them. A pit that the ungodly dug for the righteous, the ungodly will fall into that same pit. But if you keep zooming on that pit, you'll end up falling into it because you lost sight of your maker. It is very important for you to keep your eyes on God Almighty, no matter what happens in your life. No matter who says what, who does what. Your eyes should be on God Almighty. Yes, they will say. Yes, it can hurt you. But your feelings should not alter your faith in God. Your feelings should not affect your relationship with God. Your feelings shouldn't keep you from going to the house of God because it is God you're worshiping, not Penina. If you're worshiping God, you will go to the house of God regardless of how many Peninas you have around you. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. God closed Hannah's womb because God knew that he can work with Hannah to produce a prophet out of Hannah. To bring a mighty man of God out of Hannah. That's why he didn't close anybody else's womb. He closed Hannah's womb. If God is doing something in your life, know that God wants to do something substantial inside of you. That's why he's taking you through a process. Don't say, why is God taking me through this process? Why do I have to go through this? Well, if you don't want God to do great things in your life, then you don't have to. But if you let God be God in your life and you go to God and you cry at his feet with faith, as Hannah did, because Hannah had faith in God that all God hears. And because she went to him, her spirit grew to the place where she was able to recognize what God required from her in order for her to receive what she was asking from God. More than a child at this point. At this point, more than a child. Because she's giving this child back to God. So she is at this place now. She's making a vow and she's saying, Oh, Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. Very specific. So Hannah's prayer was not like, Lord, give me any child. No, she was very particular. She said, give me a male child and no razor shall go on his head already. So she's, she's believing God 
for something she's asking and she's believing that God will give and she's already planning for the child and she's saying no razor will go on his head. Look at the faith that she had. A woman who didn't have any child for a long time. She had the boldness to go and cry out to God and say, Lord, give me a male child. She was able to ask him exactly what the Spirit of God wanted her to ask because God had Samuel in mind, a boy child. So she's going to God and she's saying, give me this child, Lord, and no razor shall go on his head. She believes that if she asks God for a male child, God will give not any child, he'll give her a male child. And so she's saying, no razor shall go on his head. What a woman of faith. What a woman of faith. A woman who went and talked to God and told God what she actually wanted and made the deal with God, a contract with God, a mighty woman of God, Hannah. She made the contract with God. God, if you do this for me, I will do this for you. And she was not a me-centered, me-focused woman. She was a God-centered woman. And that's why she said, Lord, you give this child to me. I will give this child back to you. She just didn't say, well, I'll go and I'll do, I'll offer 10,000 sacrifice of ram. And I said, no, no, no. She said, I'll give this child back to you. I'll give this child back to you. Even if it's going to be my only child, I'll give this child back to you. Give me this child, Lord, and I will give this child back to you. And she was very specific. In her vow to God, she said, no razor shall go on his head. Now, it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Eli, the man of God, is seeing her mouth. Now, Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Now, Eli is coming to Hannah, and he's seeing her praying, and he's seeing her mouth moving, and he's coming to her. Only her lips are moving. Her voice is not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli is thinking, okay, she is drunk because God didn't show anything to Eli at this point. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put away from you your wine or put your wine away from you. He's coming and telling her something sensible and something good. She's in the house of the Lord. If she is drunk and he walks away, it'll be wrong on his part. He's doing something right over here. And the Bible doesn't say that Eli was doing anything wrong in this section at all. Eli was representing God and Eli was there in the seat that God had placed him, carrying the anointing of God and serving God here. In this area, the Bible doesn't talk about during this period about Eli's sons here. So this is a whole different time when this is happening here, where Eli is serving God and Eli carries the anointing of God here, where he's working as the priest of God, represented by God, and God has placed him with the anointing. Whom he blesses, they will be blessed. And whatever he pronounces, that will happen to them. And so when he says this over here, Hannah heard that. And now Hannah's not crying, oh my God, now even the priest doesn't understand me. She's not weeping over there. She's a woman of God and a woman of character, someone who was built by God to succeed because she gave herself over to humility. I won't repeat that. She was a woman of God who was built by God to succeed because she gave herself over to humility. A woman who knew how to humble herself in front of her husband, in front of her enemy, and most of all, in front of the servant of God. She knew that. This is God who's placed a servant here to bless me. That's not where I go and show my ego and say, well, you misunderstood me. You hurt my feelings. If she'd have gone home like that, she would have been barren. 
but she humbled herself over there. You know why? It was a test, last test from God. Last test from God that is coming. How are you going to respond now to this servant of God that I placed here? That's, that was the last test from God. And now Hannah is answering Eli, the priest, and she's saying this. No, my Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I've spoken till now. What is she doing? She's there telling God her problems. She's going and talking to God and telling all these things. And she's already made this vow to God. So out of her grief, she's telling God, Lord, this is what is happening. If you will give me this, a very strong, powerful prayer she has prayed. But such a humble woman of God. And she knew her place in the house of God. When the man of God, when the priest of God came to her, and he's telling her, Hannah, this is not how you should be. She knew her place in the house of God and she knew how to talk. And she's saying, this is what I did. And this is my state. And this is what I've been doing. She passed the test. She passed the test. Ultimate test that God had for her. In front of the man who hold the keys to her blessing. Ultimate test she passed to the servant of God who carried the anointing of God where her womb was going to be open. She passed the test. Where there she humbled herself. How can she suddenly become like that? She didn't suddenly become like that. She had a lifestyle of humility. She had a lifestyle of humility. She had a lifestyle of humility. That's why in the midst of provocation, she still made it to the house of God. In the midst of provocation, she still went with Penana. She still went with Elkanah. She was a woman of humility. It's because of that, God chose her. Because of that, God chose her womb. Because of that, God chose to shut her womb. Why? Because she was humble. Because she was humble, God chose to exalt her. To make her the mother of Prophet Samuel. And she had to go through that path now. Walk through the path of humility because she had the character on the inside. To be humble, it takes character to be humble. Because of that, she followed the path of the cross way before in the Old Testament. To humble herself all the way like Jesus did to the death of the cross. She humbled herself all the way to the last test that came to her. Where the man of God came and spoke to her out of love, out of concern, and out of truth saying that don't drink, put that away. It's a good thing that he said. He didn't say anything bad. He didn't come and curse her. He said a good thing. Eli said a good thing. He said the right thing to her. God didn't reveal to her her prayers because it was a test from God. Because it was a test from God, her prayers to God was not revealed to Eli because she had to pass that final test. When she humbled herself because she knew her place. This is the man of God, the priest of God, whom God has placed in his place on earth. Where he's coming and telling me this, I need to tell him. This is what I'm doing. This is what I've been going through. And as she did that, 
very different, right? From a lot of people. They say, oh, I'm frustrated. So whether it's my boss or my husband or my whoever it is, I bark as a dog. And if the pastor comes to where is the anointing of God, I'll manifest like Satan. Speak whatever I think. Talk whatever I think. Bark however it is. And what happens? Satan succeeds. He's very happy. He says, hey, full of pride. I got you my way. Took your blessing away. Learn from Hannah. Learn from Hannah. No matter how much her buttons were pushed. Already she's weeping here. Now for the priest to think that she's drunk. You know what it comes down to? Hannah was a woman who was not self-centered. She's God-centered. Her vow was about God. When the man of God came, it was not about her. She just explained what was happening. She didn't take it personal and cry and wail over it. Oh, the whole world is against me. You know how many people are like that? Because of that, they lose the blessing of God. Satan is very happy. He'll twist everything in the head. He'll say, good for you. Hey, I robbed that. I'm going to rob this. I'm going to rob that. I'm going to spew more lies and you keep thinking lies. I'm going to rob more. But she knew how to speak to the man of God. It's very important. People need to know how to speak to God's servants is very important. They bear the anointing of God. It's a serious thing. I don't think many people even know what it means, know what the weight of it is. The key for her womb to be open was in the priest Eli's mouth. If she would have said anything the wrong way and got up and just left, whoa, crying, you know, like some women do, anything like, well, right away they'll cry and then they'll leave the scene. That's it. She wouldn't have gotten her blessing, even if she would have made that vow. She had to pass that last test. She spoke in humility and she spoke her side. She didn't say, how come you man of God? How come you're accusing me? And no, 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 no. She knew how to talk. She knew who she was and she knew who the man of God was. And when she said, this is how it is, Lord. This is how it is. After she spoke, now, the spirit of God, the anointing of God that is upon Eli is working. Now, Eli is answering and he's saying, go in peace. The God of Israel grant your petition, which you've asked of him. What is happening here? Once she passed the test, the word of the Lord is coming from Eli to her. The anointing of God is in operation because he's the man of God who is in the office of God that God has placed. Now he's speaking and she's saying, go in peace. The God of Israel, grant your petition, which you have asked. It's very different from a believer will come and say, well, God bless you. Oh, you have this. Don't worry. Very different. God's servants who carry the anointing of God, when they say a word, even if it's God bless you, it's something that's bound to rest upon the person, different from the rest of the people. Jesus told his disciples after he anointed them, he said, when you say peace to a house, if that house is worthy of that peace, what will happen? In reality, peace will rest upon them. Only they have that authority. Only they have the power to actually Transfer peace, give peace. That means they carry that peace because God is put inside of them. When they speak that peace, that peace rests upon them, who, the house or the people. If they're worthy of it, if they're not worthy of it, what will happen? It'll go right back to the servant of God. That's it. And they keep going. So Eli, as the priest of God, carried the key for Hannah's 
blessing, even though she had prayed, this key needed to open the lock and remove the diagnosis, remove the disease, remove whatever block was there. Open that door that God had closed and God was using who? The priest Eli to open her womb that was closed by God. And so Eli says, go in peace and the God of Israel, let the God of Israel grant you what you've asked of the Lord. You know what happened at that moment? When the word of God came from Eli to Hannah, something happened on the inside. Because it was God's word, it actually brought that peace to her. Because it was God's word, it actually imparted faith into her. Because it was God speaking through Eli to her, it actually did something deep inside of her. See, only God can take sorrow away. Only God can remove trauma away. Only God can remove abuse away. Only God can remove that which is deep inside. And this has been happening for many, many years. Something happened that day when Eli, as a man of God, as the anointed vessel of God, stood there and spoke to Hannah. One sentence, but that one sentence is very powerful when it comes from the mouth of God through the mouth of the servant to a believer. Once that was laid upon Hannah, it just pushed that burden off. All of a sudden, that rock that was on her head was gone. All of a sudden, the deep wound that was inside her heart was healed. All of a sudden, something happened inside of her. What is she saying here? Verse 18, she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. And the woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. This woman who did not eat, because the sorrow was so deep, she couldn't eat. She was not on a strike saying that I'm not going to eat so that my husband knows. No, she could not eat. That's how deep a sorrow was. But when... God spoke to her through the man of God that one sentence, something happened deep inside of her. All of a sudden, it took away, took away, took away. All the burdens were there. Not only that, it unlocked that uterus. It took away that infertility. It did something to her instantaneously. So over here in her heart, all of a sudden, she had that assurance. She didn't say, oh, it's just Eli who said no. And she wasn't going home and crying, no. Something happened. When the word of the Lord came to Hannah, something happened on the inside. Something deep happened. Something spiritual happened. Something substantial happened. Because of what happened, she went home. What is the first step of faith? Faith will go and do what you were not able to do before. She had an encounter with God through Eli. Her life was no longer the same. She was able to go and eat. She was able to go and have the peace that she didn't have before. Because that's what the man of God pronounced over her. But within the peace came the healing. Within the peace came the petition, answer to the petition that she laid before God. All those were in Eli's hands. Here the key. To give her the peace and to unlock that uterus. That's the petition she laid before God. And God is speaking to her and giving it to her, just like how when Hezekiah cried, God sent Isaiah. God sent Eli, the priest, to her while she's weeping. Why? To bless her. He's coming with the key in his hand. And there, she's facing the last test before she could get that blessing. And so Eli goes there, and he speaks to her, and she talks to him. 
then he blesses her. When he blesses her, he blesses her with two things. If you see here, verse 17, he blesses her with peace. The peace went upon her. No more she was sad. And then he blesses her with that which she was asking for. That is her womb to be open. That womb was open. When? When that sentence came. With that one sentence, she got a twofold blessing. All of a sudden, she was healed of all the trauma on the inside. All of a sudden, her emotional healing she received and her physical healing she received. Her uterus was unlocked and her heart was healed. She's going home suddenly with great joy. All of a sudden, her face was no longer sad. And what is she doing? She's going home. She ate and her face was no longer sad. I want to close with this. You can read the rest of the chapter later if you'd like to. But this is our main text that God wanted us to meditate on where he wanted to talk to us. So I encourage you to read this and maybe verse 10, maybe verse, I'm sorry, verse 19, um, 20. Twenty-one, twenty-three. you can read all the way to verse 28. You can read the whole of chapter 1 and you can even read Hannah's prayer. It's a good, good uh, scriptures to read and follow up to what God has spoken today. But as we're going to wrap it up for tonight, I want you to focus on this verse, which is very important. And the whole message this is very important. We're coming to a very important point here. Where the man of God said something to her. Very substantial. Many believers don't have ears to hear. Many believers don't have the humility to receive. Being humble before the servants of God is a good thing for you. Because you need God's favor. Because you need God's blessing. You're doing yourself a favor by being humble. You're not doing God a favor or the servants of God a favor. When you humble yourself, you're doing yourself a favor. You're being smart enough to position yourself to receive what God has for you. So when you humble yourself anytime, always remember it's for you. You're doing it for you, for you to gain what God has for you. Because without that, there's no going forward. So Hannah had this humility inside of her. Her heart was wounded, but was covered with humility. Beautiful heart. Even though it was broken, it was covered with humility. God was able to heal that broken heart because of the humility that he saw in her. Eli came with that key. Peace took away that brokenness. Eli came and spoke to her. The word of God, the word of healing or her body, what you ask from God. God will give it to you. It was given. That's it. The moment Eli said, it was done. She prayed. God sent Eli with a key to unlock the womb that was closed. And after that, what happened? Hannah, a woman of faith. Though Penana was not removed from her life. Though all of a sudden she didn't see her big belly with the baby inside now. Until she knew that the baby was there or until even the baby was visible in the stomach. The provocation would have continued. All the things were happening still happened. But this woman of faith was no more sad because God did something inside of her. There was a supernatural thing that she received from God when Eli spoke to her. This is, there's a supernatural thing that happened on the inside.
And all these things only happened because she cooperated with God and went to the house of God in spite of whatever the enemy was trying to do. All these things happened because she humbled herself when God sent this great man of God carrying the anointing of God to release to her the blessing of God that God had for her. She became eligible to receive at that point. And after God spoke to her through Eli, all of a sudden her face was no longer sad. She didn't say, well, I'm not going to go and eat. I'm not going to see her face. And, you know, this is like irritating. And I prayed now, once the service is over, I'm going to go home and act like a devil again. No, she never acted like the devil before. And so as she grew nearer to God, more and more of grace that she received. She was exhibiting the nature of God. Now, once God spoke, this is what faith is, is where you have to understand. If you really say you believe in God, then you will act like you believe God. The moment Eli, the priest, gave her the word, she received it from God. That's what God was asking us on Sunday. Have you received it? If God has given you something, have you received it? You receive whatever God gives in the spiritual realm. You may not see it. You won't see it. Hannah didn't see anything in her body. The Bible didn't say, then Hannah felt a warm heat go in her tummy or she felt a warm oil go. Nothing. None of those things. The word of God was enough for us. Is it enough for you? Once God speaks something in the pulpit, once God speaks something from here, this is a pulpit. From wherever the word of God is going through the servants of God, the word of God is going from the mouth of God, through the mouth of the servant of God, through his, to his people. When it happens, how much are you receptive and how are you receiving it? Are you receiving it with humility? Because if you don't receive it with humility, it's not going to stick. It's not going to stay. It won't even land. It'll just pass by. But if you receive it with humility, are you holding on to it? How did Hannah hold on to what God gave to her? By going home and eating. Her face was no longer sad. She believed. She acted as if she had a child in her stomach. Even before anything happened. All of a sudden, she had the joy. All of a sudden, she had the peace. God gave it to her. You know, many people, after the prayer is over, they receive so happy. It only stays for 24 hours. The next time something happens, they forfeit it. Don't forfeit what God has given to you. If she would have forfeited it, she wouldn't have. Because forfeiting what God has given is lack of faith. And faith becomes inactive in the process of a healing. Or faith is inactive in the process of the blessing that God has for you. And it's in the motion. It's working. Whatever is happening will become end up in a miscarriage. That means whatever God wants to give, all of a sudden it'll just go. It's like a balloon where it got poked by a pen. Your faith has to be there. If God has spoken something to you and you've received from God, make sure you hold on to it. That means you don't look at anything. Look at what God has given you. Eyes must be on what God has given you. Have you received from God? Very important. When the man of God speaks something, it's important for a person to believe and take it. There are many people who say, yes, Lord, I, I believe what you gave. And then, you know, they really don't receive it. In their mind, they're thinking, maybe it's for somebody. You know, it, it, if it's for me, I will see if I get healed. You won't get healed at the point. If you say, if it is for me, I'll see if it'll show up in my body. It won't show up in your body at that time. Because you're full of unbelief. A double-minded person, a wavering person, a person that's full of unbelief, will not get a single thing from God, the Bible says. It's important to have your faith up to where it needs to be. Well, when God speaks, you should be able to receive. When the servant of God speaks, you should know this is from me and you take it. Once you receive it, 
whatever attack comes after that, you should be able to withstand that. That means next time when Penana comes and says like that, you don't cry and say, I'm not, don't feel like eating. I'm not going to eat. No, that's unbelief. Once you know you have it, nobody can convince you out of it. Hey, she doesn't know that I have a child. Hey, she, she doesn't know that I have a child. Wait, you're going to say it. That's what faith is. You say whatever you want to say. You're going to see it. You're going to see my baby. You're going to see when I get the baby. See, that's the attitude. That's what faith is. Even before you do anything, even before that womb can even get that child. She believed that it was done. She received it from the man of God. It's done. Her face was no longer sad. That's it. Her face was no longer sad because it was done. She received it from God. She kept it. She kept it. Next time, Penana says something. She's not going to cry over it. Next time, Penana says something. It's not going to do anything to her. Because she's received her baby. Her womb was open. Did she feel anything? No. That's what faith is. When God speaks something over your life through his servant, it's important to believe and receive and hold on to it. Keep what you've received. Only then it'll transfer into the object or the currency. The conversion has to take place. What God gives, you hold on to it. Then the transfer will take place in the human realm, in the physical realm where you will see it. There's an incubation period where faith will be put to test. Make sure you hold on to it so that you pass that and what you've received will actually materialize into the manifested miracle in your life. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hannah was counted worthy to suffer, to birth, Samuel, the prophet, a worthy vessel of God. God was pleased to shut her womb for some time. The Bible says it pleased the Lord to bruise Jesus, to lead him through the suffering so that many people can be blessed. In order for God to give Samuel to Hannah, And through Hannah, a gift to the entire nation of Israel and to all of us today, many generations to come. She had to be prepared. She had to go through that suffering so that multitudes, innumerable amount of people can be blessed through her son that will come from her womb. And God has a plan for his people. Many times he will close the door for a period of time. Many times he'll cause them to go through the valley of tears, through the flames of fire, so that he can bless many others through what God will do in his time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Take a few minutes in the presence of God. Give yourself over to God Almighty. And tell the Lord, Lord, 
I give myself over to you. As Hannah gave herself over to him, giving myself over to you. Never to ask why. But to be willing to do whatever God has called you to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all the testimonies we've heard today. Thank you, Lord, for all the miracles that you've done, Father, in the lives of your people. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be the grain of wheat. To suffer so that others may have joy. So that our suffering can wipe multitudes, multitudes of those who are in tears. Wipe away their tears. Thank you, Lord, for Hannah's life. Thank you for the path of tears that she endured by your grace. So that the nation of Israel can have Samuel and we all can have Samuel. Thank you, Father. Thank you for Hannah's life. Thank you for her ministry to her son and to the nation of Israel and to all of us. Thank you for this great woman of God. Thank you, Lord. It was Hannah's prayers that brought Samuel into this world. It was Hannah's humility that brought Samuel into this world. I thank you, Lord, for her willingness Oh, Father, to be this light that you called her to be. That her patience and enduring tribulation brought great results. Thank you, Father. Thank you for choosing her. And thank you for her life of obedience. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for her perseverance. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For your working. Thank you for sending the man of God, Eli, at the right time. With the compassion of God for him to come and speak to her. To release your blessing upon her. So that she can have Samuel. The gift of God to Israel. Not only to Hannah and Elkanah, but to Israel and to all of us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Eli's life during that period where he walked with you. Where he was able to sense the working of the Lord in Hannah. And to be able to go according to your leading and go to her at the right time. To talk to her at the right time. To release to her your blessing that you had for her. Thank you, Father. There's so much we can learn from the lives of those who walked in obedience to the living God. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you'll continue to bless our church, continue to bless our people, that the Spirit of God may continue to do a deeper work in the lives of your people. Set the captives free. Lord, magnify your great name even more in the days to come. Empower people, Lord, to do your will. Cause them, Father, 
to win souls for you, to bring to bring many from darkness to light. May each be prepared by God Almighty to do great mighty things for the living God. So I pray let godly character be formed, O Lord, in the lives of your people so that they can inherit the blessings of God that you have for them, Father. Thank you, I praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Father. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon us and bless us with His peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all, now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen.